Chapter 18 of The Brownies and Prince Florimel by Palmer Cox. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. The Flight to the Mine. In bringing about the destruction of his palace, Dragonfell's only thought had been the destruction of the Brownies. He had hoped to crush the sprites by means of the falling walls and columns and when he invoked Vulcan for the assistance he felt sure would be given to him, he was very careful to keep out of harm's way himself. But, like many another vindictive, revengeful person, the wicked enchanter overreached himself. He had no idea when he called upon Vulcan to get busy that the latter would make such a good job of it. He fully expected the palace to topple down, for that was what he had asked for. But he did not want the volcano that had been thrown in for good measure. It made things too hot and uncomfortable. He was very much alarmed when he saw the volcano in violent eruption, for he realized that the downpour of lava boded ill for himself, as well as for others over whose safety he was not at all concerned. Thinking only of himself, he was on the point of ordering out his volunteer fire department to subdue the flames in the crater, when to his great relief he noticed that King Stanislaus had taken the matter out of his hands. From his place of safety, Dragonfell watched the operations of the brownies, and he breathed more freely when he noticed that they were getting the fire well under control, so that the prospect of all danger was fast being removed through their energetic efforts. He realized that after the volcano was subdued, these indomitable little people would devote their attention to him, and in considering what the outcome would be, he grew more and more uncertain. As a matter of fact, he was beginning to fear the mystic power of the brownies, and he very much doubted if his big followers, with all their boasted strength, were a fit match for these sprites, who had not only cunning, but courage. He decided that in the clash which was bound to come, it was best not to risk any chance of defeat in a fair, open fight, but by underhanded means to overpower them. Then the diabolical scheme of making the brownies prisoners and setting them to work in his mind presented itself. If he fled there with his captives, they would undoubtedly follow in pursuit, and once in the mine, they easily could be made helpless. The demon usher at his feet was going through all sorts of contortions of fear, and Dragonfell looked sneeringly down at him. "'Stop your shaking and listen to me,' he commanded. "'We are going to take the captives to the mine.' "'Let us start at once, kind master,' said the demon usher, in a fever of impatience. "'If it gets cool here, it will be too hot to hold us.' "'You will be the only one to stay,' said Dragonfell. "'Oh, say not so, kind master,' cried the demon usher, shaking with even greater violence than before. "'If they catch me, they will kill me.' "'Then it will be good riddance to bad rubbish,' was Dragonfell's unfeeling retort. "'I said you were to stay, so that settles it. "'When the brownies ask you where we've gone, "'you're to tell them to the mine. 
they'll probably make you lead them to it. When they do, take them to the secret entrance, and after they are in, close the boulder on them. Do you understand me? Yes, I grasp you perfectly, said the demon usher. But, oh, kind master, I have a weak heart, and at times it fails me. Would it not be better to entrust a delicate matter like this to Snout Pimple? After they are imprisoned, went on Dragonfell, unheeding the suggestion, you can come around by the main entrance and let me know. Just as soon as he was fully convinced that all danger was over, the enchanter passed the word around among his followers to decamp, and this was effected so insidiously that the brownies did not notice it. They laid rough hands on Queen Titania, Dame Drusilda, Violet, and Daffodil, muffling the cries for help they tried to make, and bore them with great haste from the scene of excitement. The waving arms and kicking availed them nothing. With their struggling, protesting burdens in their arms, they ran toward the mine, and descended into it by the main entrance. When they reached the great shaft, where the mine sprites were hard at work, Titania, Dame Drusilda, Violet, and Daffodil were released, and they looked around with wonder and surprise. The mine sprites cast furtive glances of curiosity at these strange new faces that invited confidence but so frightened were they when they saw their cruel master that they redoubled their efforts and their fingers fairly flew as they dug them in the earth for precious stones poor little things was queen titania's involuntary cry the work is too hard for them i've been thinking of that said dragonfell with a chuckle and i've decided to put an extra force on do you mean to set us to work asked Dame Drusilda indignantly. Perhaps, said Dragonfell, with a horrid grin. Just now, though, I'm going to take you all to another part of the mine, where we'll await developments. As he spoke, he seized Titania's hand, and began to drag her off down one of the dark passageways. In the same manner, Mandrake followed with Dame Drusilda, while after him came bounding boar with violet and daffodil. The mine sprites watched their retreating forms, but they were too terrified to speak a word, and were helpless to aid them in any way. Dragonfell led the rest along the subterranean passage, until at last they came to a square chamber that had been cut with much skill into the solid rock. When Mandrake lit a crystal lamp, the great magnificence of the place was revealed. The floor and walls were inlaid with precious jewels in designs that were truly wonderful. Divans were built in at the sides, and the various creatures of the wild were represented everywhere. For all his shortcomings, Dragonfell seemed to have a great respect for animals, and gave their skins at least a rest on his floors and walls, where they could grin at spiders and moth-millers with some show of satisfaction. At the ceiling, which was thickly crusted with diamonds, there was a slender open shaft that evidently had been made to provide air and light, but which was too small to provide a means of escape. "'This is where you'll stay,' announced Dragonfell. "'The place isn't half bad as things go. 
so you ought to make yourselves fairly comfortable in it. You'll find both hot and cold water in the little ante-room screened off by those peacock-feather portiers. Your meals will be brought to you. If you want to read, there's the dictionary. How long are you going to keep us here? asked Titania, with a sinking of her heart. Always, and maybe longer, was Dragonfell's gruff response. Have you brought your knitting with you? "'If you think you can keep us here against our will,' said Titania, in a decided tone, "'you will find that you are very much mistaken.' "'How so?' said Dragonfell, contemptuously. "'It won't be long before the brownies are here.' "'That's what I fully expect,' said the enchanter, with a knowing wink. "'And after they come, there'll be something doing. Believe me!' He laid great emphasis upon the last two words, and in spite of all her confidence in Florimel and the brownies, Titania was filled with great uneasiness. But she knew that further words would be wasted on him, so she said nothing more. With Dame Drusilda, Violet, and Daffodil, she retired to a corner of the room, as far removed from him as possible where they discussed among themselves, in whispers, this new phase of the disagreeable situation. They hoped that Dragonfell and the rest would go, but still they lingered, and the enchanter at times looked up at the narrow opening cut into the ceiling. Finally, he gave expression to a grunt of satisfaction, as something he had been watching for met his gaze and they noticed with him that a golden flood of sunshine was pouring through the opening. "'Day at last!' he cried, and almost with his words, the demon usher made his appearance with a hop-skip-and-jump, while at his back stood a half-starved-looking demon whose hair had not been cut for a long time, and who had a distinctly artistic appearance. "'Master, kind master!' the demon usher joyously cackled. I bear good news. The little commission you entrusted me with I executed to the best of my ability. Oh, master, you should have seen how brave I was. I was with them single-handed, yet I was more than a match for them all. I had the whole band in terrible fear of me. Stop throwing bouquets at yourself, ordered Dragonfell. Tell me where they are. "'It's all easy now,' went on the demon usher. "'The dangerous part has been done by me. "'I've got them so cowed that now they'll eat out of your hand. "'I captured them all by myself and drove them into the south load, "'where they wait to do your bidding.' "'Will you permit me a word, kind master?' "'Then spoke up the half-starved-looking demon, "'as he unrolled a large sheet of paper.' He doesn't deserve a medal, or even honorable mention. I took a rough sketch of him when he had the brownies at his mercy, and here it is. Dragonfell stared at the effort in astonishment. You have missed your calling, he remarked. You should be in the Academy of Design. Titania had listened with fast-increasing alarm, and now, with Dame Drusilda, Violet, and Daffodil, she advanced quickly toward him. "'Of whom is this creature speaking?' she asked, in evident distress. "'Of the brownies?' The demon usher uttered his disagreeable cackle 
as Dragonfell exultantly responded, "'Yes, the Brownies! They are prisoners like yourselves. Their nights of adventure are over, and they'll never more delight in harmless pranks and helpful deeds. Those who seek their aid will henceforth look for them in vain. They are doomed to slave in this mine for the rest of their lives.' Then Groudhead came up running, and he cried in great excitement, "'Master, kind master, we have captured all the brownies, and they are helpless. What shall we do with them?' "'Set them to work at once,' spoke Dragonfell. "'I will go back with you to gloat over them.' He started immediately, and Titania and her companions attempted to follow, but Mandrake barred the way and held them back. End of chapter 18